You're listening to Getting Pig and Green. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Laura. And we like talking about health, wellness, and eco-friendliness in a fun and approachable way. This week on the podcast, we're going to be talking about what it's really like to take a yoga teacher training in India. Let's get to it. Welcome back to Guinea Pig and Green. Hello, Laura. Hi. We're in a beautiful park right now in Toronto. It's a gorgeous day. Yes, we're sitting in the Grange Park uh, right next to OCAD. Um, You might be able to hear, like, there's a plane overhead. (laughs) There's a group of adorable children playing (laughs) soccer. The sun is out. (laughs) It's amazing. Life stuff. Yeah, life stuff. We're really happy. We're back together and um, back to the podcast, so it's all good. I'm in the hood. Laura has a ladybug crawling all over her. I'm letting it because it's disabled. It is disabled. It has neither of its wings work. Yeah, it's just a bit sad. Missing entire half of its shell. But it looks okay. Yeah. Good job, ladybug. (laughs) (laughs) So today we thought we'd talk about my yoga teacher training, which I just finished. Two weeks ago? I don't know what day it is. <laughs> Today's um, Friday. The? End of July. 31st. <laughs> <laughs> Both of us. <laughs> Too busy doing life stuff to worry about the date. But I have so many questions for you, mm. obviously. Um, as listeners of the podcast know, I've also done a teacher training, but mine was local. It was in Canada. It was through the studio that I practice at most often. And so I think that Steph's experience... And it was also not intensive. It was spread out over the... Yeah. Not that it wasn't intense. It was, it was intense, but you're right. It wasn't during, intensive. It was over a period of four months, right? Yeah. And during the week, I was back to my regular life, which right. was totally different. Um, so, yeah, I have so many questions about what you went through in Rishikesh. And uh, by the end of the podcast, I'll be able to see that much more smoothly. <laughs> Rishikesh. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, so it was... Um, I'll give people a little bit of an idea what the schedule was like, because I always found that the most interesting part before I went. That and the food. I wanted to know what the food was like. Um, long story short, it's not that great, but it's fine. <laughs> um, okay, so the schedule was we woke up every day at 5.30, and uh, at 6, we had herbal tea and neti. So neti pot, if you don't know, is nasal cleansing passages... Sorry, cleansing your nasal passages with saline water. And so we would do that. And then at 6.30 to 8.30, we would have asana practice. So the physical physical practice, which also included pranayama, breathing work, and meditation practice all in, all in one. So two hours straight. Then right after that, breakfast um, around 9. And then at 10, we would have philosophy lecture. Then we would have some time off, which you're supposed to use for self-practice or self-study until lunch, which is at one. And then at two, we had our anatomy lecture for an hour. And then again, we had a couple hours off, which is supposed to be your library time. We had some assignments we had to do throughout the course. So that was when we needed to work on those. And then five to seven was our second asana practice of the day, which again includes the breathing and meditation. And then dinner and then free time until lights out and lights out was pretty they didn't really enforce it but they encouraged you to go to bed at 10 or 10 30 so that was what my days looked like every day on Saturdays a little bit modified we didn't have asana class instead we had um 
a morning meditative walk. It's supposed to be silent, wasn't always silent, but always beautiful in the mountains around our school. And then we would watch a documentary on something related to wellness or mindfulness. And then in the evenings, we would have group um, meditation, yoga nidra, um, which was always really powerful and really cool for about an hour and a half. And then Sundays, we were off totally. And usually they organized some kind of activity, maybe going to a temple nearby, or um, we went to the Ganja Arti, which is a celebration of the Ganges River that takes place every single day in Rishikesh. It's a beautiful ceremony. Um, the Swami comes and sings, and they have all these beautiful um, practices that they do. So, yeah, that was my life. For six weeks, I did that every day. What was your thinking going <laughs> into yoga teacher training? My thinking about about the schedule or about... No, how did you feel about what you were about to do? Yeah, I didn't think about it that much. <laughs> that sounds bad. I signed up for it... Um, in like I think January and then the course started June 1st and in between I was traveling I was finishing up my year in Korea I wasn't I wasn't thinking too much about the yoga teacher training and I came straight from traveling so when I was traveling I didn't have a chance to do much yoga and I wasn't really in the mindset very much um, so I didn't really have any expectations for the course. I had talked to a couple friends who went to the same school said it was good didn't really give a ton of detail but said it was good. Um, so my thinking going into it was that I wasn't sure how I felt about teaching. Didn't know if I was going to want to teach after. I didn't, didn't know what the schedule was going to be like. I was worried about the food. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I didn't really know what to expect at all. Was there any pre-work? So did you, were you assigned readings before the training started? No, there was no pre-work for our course. Um, I think because it's an intensive course and technically we did a lot more than the 200 hours. Um, it's 200 hour training, but all told with our own personal work and everything we were doing. Like, I think someone calculated that we could have done 200 hours in like three weeks and we had six weeks. Mm -hmm. So all of it was incorporated in our, in our time there. Which is kind of nice because I was, like I said, on the road. A lot of people came straight from home. Mm -hmm. um, I came from traveling, so I was in a bit of a different place. But adjust it quickly because it, it was totally, like I said, immersive. It was intensive. So you're in it. Like a week feels like three. So yeah. the amount of things that you've learned in... <laughs> In three week, in in one week feels like it should have filled up three weeks. And yeah. The connections that you've made with people as well feel like you've known them far longer than just a week or two weeks. Yeah. Or whatever it is. Actually, so. that was that was something that came out of my training as well. Is I mm -hmm. think you're just in such a neat, emotionally vulnerable space. Yeah. Uh, and you're growing so much with the people in your training that yes. even though ours wasn't in. Uh, it wasn't an intensive. I'd say all of our weekends were intensive. We right. were doing 11-hour yeah, weekends. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, you come out of it being best friends mm -hmm. or just knowing so deeply the other people who are in your training. Yeah, totally. You get to see warts and all because yeah. you are sweaty and tired. And that was one thing I didn't anticipate with my training that I probably should have. It's one of the hottest times of the year in India, right when I arrived. Now they've moved into rainy season, so it's a little cooler. They're having more rains, so it's clearing the air. But when I arrived, oh my gosh, it was hot. And I wasn't in shape physically the way I needed to be to do four hours of physical practice a day. I mean, I wasn't so out of shape, but like I wasn't at the place I needed to be. And most people weren't. 
a lot of people came into it thinking they were going to be okay, but between the heat, changing your diet overnight, literally overnight, no one eats like that back home. Um, oh, so what was think. the food specifically? <laughs> so it wasn't that bad. Um, in the mornings, we would have like a little bit of fruit salad. Um, I mean, it was buffet style, so you could take as much or as little as you wanted. I started out the course, very interestingly, eating so much, I could not get enough to eat. I could yeah. not. Uh, by the end of the course, I was eating so little comparatively, so that was interesting. But So it's fruit salad, so like usually cantaloupe and watermelon cut up. And then um, they have this sort of thin oatmeal. Everything was more or less liquidy. There was nothing really that, um, not that much fiber going on. Um, but so a thin oatmeal that was pretty good and then they would usually have some other savory type dish maybe like a rice dish or like a biryani kind of idea or you know something like that then lunch you'd always have white rice and there would be two options of curry style doll style things so thin usually had um, one that was like mostly all vegetables maybe like potato based with a little bit of sauce and like a few other vegetables and one that was like really liquidy and maybe had like some lentils in it or something and and usually at lunch there was um curd so thin yogurt really really thin liquidy yogurt and a soup or a salad no a salad always a salad like a like a little chopped up cucumber thing and then at dinner there's a soup again those two curries usually always different from lunch but similar to something you've eaten like two days before or something like that and then at dinner there was no rice there was chapati so like flatbread um and uh and usually like some kind of dessert again always a bit liquidy (laughs) 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 nothing really that solid um and the idea of what they're feeding us there's no onions no garlic no chili peppers nothing that's um, is considered not sattvic food. So sattvic is a classification that the Vedic civilization made. Sattvic, tamasic, and ram, oh, rajasic, sorry. And rajasic is anything that sort of speeds up your digestion. It's like fire in your belly, so spicy things. And um, uh, tamasic is anything that slows down your digestion, makes you feel lethargic, which surprisingly onions and garlic are classified there not the opposite mm-hmm. and then sapphic is anything that's sort of pure food that doesn't really disturb your digestion so they're trying to feed us stuff that um that's like easy to digest um a lot of people started going out for food at the little cafes in the area like pretty early on a lot of people got sick really early on so they wanted to eat something else more familiar or whatever um I ate out a little, but tried to tried to eat the food. It wasn't. It's not bad, but it's not what you would probably choose to eat if you were if you were cooking most of the time. But I did notice it is easier on the digestion, a lot. Cool. Yeah. So some of the things that they had you doing in your training. So a lot of the netty stuff. Mm. Um, so a lot of like the clearing out. Mm-hmm. It's kind of wacky. Mm-hmm. Is it something? I know you were already using like netty pots when you were sick before. Is Sometimes, it something yeah. that you see value in? in your everyday life? Yeah. I, I mean, I think the netty, when we were doing it, you could definitely notice the days that you didn't do it if you were, like, too tired and you slept in and just went to class. Like, it really does clear out your nose. It feels good. And sometimes <laughs> it gives you a little bit more energy. Like, you feel more awake after you do it. Instead of, like, we, we couldn't drink coffee. I mean, I don't drink coffee anyway, but 
people who couldn't drink coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes you feel a little bit more awake. I think we had a lot of skeptics going into the course, like no one who had... I think I was the only person who had done Netty before, um, just talking to my classmates. Um, but everyone was a convert yeah. by the end. I mean, I don't know whether they'll take it back to their their home. Yeah. Um, that I, I can't say, but... Everyone was a convert. Like, they enjoyed it. It wasn't weird for them anymore. We're all doing it together in the courtyard. You're not doing it in your room. You, like, go down to the little lawn, square of lawn that we have. We're all doing it. All our nasal juices, I guess, are coming out. It's very intimate. Yeah. So you're seeing everyone. You're seeing everyone doing it at the same time. So it doesn't feel weird. Um, Some of the more intensive kriyas or cleansing practices, I don't think I would bring into my, my everyday life. But I think Nettie once or twice a week would be good have to figure out how to do it because you have to get the right the water to be the right temperature and purified and all that stuff so not sure how that's gonna how to how it's gonna go but I definitely think it it feels good it feels good to be sort of clear and fresh it's like washing your face in the morning kind of (laughs) a little different (laughs) so in Rishikesh yeah you had to deal see you're so good at saying it thank you it's not that hard thanks (laughs) Uh, you had to deal with a lot of wildlife Mm. animals that you weren't used to dealing with we were sitting here in this park eating lunch before (laughs) recording and a squirrel jumped in the tree above us and Steph like instinctively grabbed for her food fearing a monkey was about to take it it was just an impulse like I didn't actually think there was a monkey here for the record but (laughs) I was like oh monkey like that was my first feeling yeah yeah, there's a lot of wildlife, and I think that that's part of what made the course that much more... Um, it was like being in a pressure cooker for my per- personal growth. And I think that being in India itself and experiencing a taste of what Indian culture has to offer um, with all of its frustrations and joys and everything... Um, was a huge factor in that like we would go down into town like pretty frequently you could stay in the ashram or the yoga school all day but um but often we would go down to get bottles of water or just like go into the town and it's really busy there are people everywhere there are cows everywhere there are monkeys everywhere there are dogs everywhere there are there's construction going on everywhere there's motorcycles behind you honking their horns and it's loud and it's really hot and I think all of those factors, like in addition to the factors you're already experiencing at yoga school, just make it that much more of a teaching experience for you to learn so much about yourself, like how you can deal with frustrations, how you can deal with physical discomfort and mental discomfort, and you're trying to do all this work and you're like, you know, your first instinct is, I wish all these people would get out of my way and why does it have to be so hot and all those things and then more and more you realize like you have to find peace within all of that yeah and that is really really hard but it's almost like you get to practice it like by the end of my time there um I would cross this bridge this bridge that's supposed to be a footbridge but all the motorcycles use it and there's monkeys on it there's sometimes a cow on it and it's so loud and there's so many people pushing you and all it's really frustrating but by the end I felt so much more able to, like, keep my peace when I was crossing this bridge and not let it, like, affect me, um, my nervous system, like, get all up and, and, um, and stressed. Yeah. And so that, that was such an interesting thing because I think here, if I was doing the same course, I think that those factors, you have them. 
for sure. But I can walk down the street here without bumping into anyone or without anyone honking at me, yeah. which is really peaceful. It's completely different. I mean, so we had, we would have intensive weekends mm-hmm. where it was so easy to practice the things that we were learning. Yeah. Um, and then you would go back to your everyday life, yeah. which is a, a challenge <laughs> oh, in yeah, of yeah, itself. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, you're yeah. around people who um, don't have aren't, the energy. aren't doing yeah. the training. Uh, who might be participating in types of conversation or mm. um, or might be carrying like the energies that you don't really want around you during the training yeah. and how do you go back to that totally. every week bringing your new um, like knowledge of like how you should be acting or how you could be acting in that situation yeah. instead so it's a completely it's a different challenge too and yeah. it's something that I found really vulnerable or valuable sorry um for having a course where we would do intensive weekends followed by uh, two weeks back to reality followed by intensive weekends which was we had to put everything into practice Mm -hmm. in our everyday life before we were even free from the training right Um, yeah that's so great yeah yeah it's like it's it's a different kind of course but they both have so much value to them like mm -hmm. there's you can't compare it like it's just both of them are so I mean all of it is positive it's all good what you were saying reminded me of I forget the yogi who said it, but it was it's about how practicing yoga and meditation in a cave by yourself yeah. is really easy. Yeah. And then it's when you're <laughs> when you're in your real life. Yeah, it's it's in out, in, out in the wild yeah. or like, you know, when you have to deal with other people. Yeah. Um, that's when that stuff becomes hard and mm-hmm. I think that's when it's a challenge and that's yeah. where you're really putting yourself to the test. Totally. Yeah. I think it's interesting. I wanted to comment on um, you're saying you're coming back to being around people who don't have the same kind of energy that you have or maybe negative or gossiping or all that kind of thing and I think it's important to address oh we're having some wind oh it's so nice we might have to cut this (laughs) (laughs) um But, like, one of the things that I thought when I was going into my training, I had some misconceptions about going to a yoga teacher training in India. I'm like, I'm going to be the least prepared. I'm going to be not as fit. I'm not going to be as into the yogic lifestyle um, in terms of even mindset or mindfulness practices. Um, I'm going to be behind. And what I found so interesting about going to the course is that you had to deal with that negativity that you're talking about, about your coworkers or about friends or whatever, in the course, like we had 45 people in our course and also even the best of people have elements of negativity or complaining or bad habits in their personalities, especially when they're in conditions that aren't Mm -hmm. most comfortable. So that was something that I was, it was a huge struggle to deal with during the course as well. yeah, some cliques kind of like split off, like who you're going to hang out with at meals and who you're going to talk to. But that was something they encouraged us to do in our class was if you're in a conversation that's not helpful or it's not one that you want to be a part of, like you should leave and don't talk about things that are going to drain your energy. And they're quite like adamant about it, um, which is so cool. But that was definitely something that I um, wasn't prepared for. I thought everyone was going to be so yogic and, and like at peace and no, everyone had their shortcoming. I mean, everyone has shortcomings. Um, and there were a lot of people that they had, there were a couple of people who had never done yoga before. 
that were doing the teacher training course because it was an, in, an immersive experience that they could maybe change their lives by doing this. They weren't interested in teaching at all. Mm-hmm. They just wanted to be in this process. Um, there were people who were already yoga teachers that wanted to teach um, again. There were people who were really, really advanced in asana, but were not advanced in any kind of meditation practice or mindfulness practice and had really stressed out demeanors a lot of the time, um, which is not yogic as well. So it was like all different people. And then there were people who were very peaceful but didn't do any asana. So it was like a whole, it ran the gamut of all different kinds of people and what their strengths were. And one of my favorite experiences of the whole course was um, we had a talent show in the fifth week, which I was so nervous about. I didn't, I didn't want to do it at all. Um, but I did <laughs> with um, a friend of mine and he played guitar and I sang and I, I had this perception going into it. Oh, everyone's going to play guitar and sing. Like, of course they are. That's just what people do for talent shows. Like, but it wasn't. We were the only people who did that. And everyone did something different. And it was so cool to see, you know, there was an acro yoga demonstration. There was a dance demonstration. This, this girl who used to be a professional dancer. There was a mom who just read a storybook. But it was like a really meaningful kid's book. And there were people that did um, read poetry. Or there was a Reiki demonstration. So they had three people who were Reiki practitioners and three subjects and they set up candles and incense. It was just this this night that you just saw everybody's strengths and everybody's uniqueness. And that was, it was just really special to see um, that you need, it takes all kinds. Like it doesn't, there's no, not one way to be a yogi and there's not one way to be in this, in this lifestyle. So it was just really beautiful. It was like a really special night in every way <laughs> yeah so that was really a highlight for me is if somebody's already considering doing a yoga teacher training is doing something like what you did in India an affordable option yeah yes <laughs> very affordable um, I mean I had an advantage because I wasn't buying my plane ticket from Canada so that would be a big consideration is the plane ticket but I think even with the plane ticket, it could still be affordable or comparable because, um, so if I don't factor in the plane ticket because I bought mine from Bangkok, it was pretty cheap. Um, it was, it was $1,400 American. I don't know what that is in Canadian, unfortunately, I think maybe $1,700 um, for six weeks of like all your food, your board, and the course, um, your 200 hours. Yeah, that's very affordable. Super affordable. Because I know that courses here, it's like, it's like $2,500 or more for just the course. Mm -hmm. There's no food or lodgings involved. And I mean, our food and lodgings were simple, but it was still like an immersive, like intensive. You're in India, like that's pretty special. It's very affordable. I mean, and that comes from the fact that India is more affordable than... Yeah. North America, but um, yeah, for me it was it was really affordable. Yeah. You fell in love. <laughs> you like yeah, you met someone I did, during yeah. your yoga teacher training. Yeah, um, really special person. <laughs> yeah, how did that complicate what you were doing in your training? Mm. 
Well, we're going to have to talk more about this on a, on a future, on our future love episode um, that we've alluded to. But um, it did complicate it because when I went into it, I was not, I was not thinking about finding a person to share the experience with. I was definitely like, this is my experience. I'm in India doing my yoga teacher training. I'm 24 years old, young woman, out to see the world. Like, here I am. Um, and I wasn't wearing makeup for at all for like the first time and I didn't care how I looked and I was wearing sloppy clothes all the time, workout clothes all day every day, um, sweaty all day every day, a little irritated from the physical conditions all day every day. Um, none of which sounds like it would be conducive to finding a romantic experience. Um, but on the contrary, I think it ended up creating a, a deeper experience romantic experience because sort of a lot of the barriers were taken away there was there was no pretending you can't hide like you can't get yourself all dolled up for a date at 7 a.m in the yoga hall or <laughs> what am I talking about yeah 6 30 a.m in the yoga hall um you, you can't you know you can't you can't try and hide anything so we ended up having a really intense seven weeks together because we spent almost all day every day even if we hadn't chosen to like which we did because we wanted to be together you're still spending all day every day with all of the people in your course you can't get away from them so I think we ended up condensing a much it feels like a much longer time than it has been because the amount of things that we've shared with each other like stories from our past I think he knows me like very well like for the time that he's actually known me I think he knows a lot about we talked about all the important things, our values, my family, his family, our dreams, like everything that you would want out of a relationship. So it kind of was interesting to me. It was, I guess it was interesting lesson. This is the one thing I will say on this episode is that, um, you want someone who's going to love you no matter what, but then you always do all of these things to try and you do other things like you wear makeup and you try and dress up and you try and it's not the core of who you are it's not yourself and so it's really interesting to me that when I just stopped I stopped doing those things of course you're going to find the person who's going to love you no matter what because they see that no matter what part of you yeah right they see that actual part of you which I think if we had just been living in the same city and we had been sort of dating here and there um we wouldn't have gotten so vulnerable with each other so fast, but because there was, it was just completely open to each other and to the experience. So to answer your question, it did complicate it because I was worried about if this is what I should be doing in my yoga teacher training, should be, should I be really pursuing a romantic relationship? Um, this is bad timing. He's from a different country, like all of these different things. And of course it, it's complicated further by the fact that the training, like I said, is really brutal. It brings out your worst side sometimes. It brings out the side of you that is stressed out and upset or frustrated. So it's complicated to try and be kind and be open and be vulnerable with someone when you're already feeling a bit too open already. You're too you're so raw from all of this and you're trying to process all these new ideas. So it was complicated, for sure. <laughs> but it's been a really good thing as well. Were there any other couples that fell in love that you know of during the same time? No. 
No, you were the only ones. Did everyone know? Yeah, everyone knew. And they said really nice things about us as well. Um, He has a really calm, beautiful presence, a beautiful energy to him. And people would say that about us, that we we were just really calm with each other and that's great that's that's exactly what I was was looking for that I didn't even know I was looking for um so to have people comment on that that we have beautiful energy together and all that kind of stuff and can see the support and the love that's really cool that's amazing yeah all right good (laughs) okay can we stop talking about my love life now Ah. I was just gonna ask if you have any last questions or any anything else that you would want to contribute um, Mm. for if somebody is listening and is interested in doing a teacher training um, like you did? Um, I would say that I would totally recommend it. I I really liked um, all of the, for me, something I didn't think that I would enjoy that I really did was the traditional yogic philosophy and um, theory. That was something that they really focused on in my course and um, we sort of we're living and breathing those ideas as much as we could and really wrestling with those ideas as much as we could and I would sometimes sit with a one of the yoga teachers at my meals and he would always sort of impart some wisdom to me so being in a place where they're really teaching you like the traditional theories and um and like hatha yoga how it was written like hundreds thousands of years ago um is is really cool like to just be in that environment and to be in India where it all began um was really neat so yeah I think it was amazing to be able to go down to the Ganges river this holy river and like put your hands in the water and it just feels powerful to be there um there's just something there's like some kind of magic so I would totally recommend it I mean I wouldn't like I would always recommend going into it without expectations like your bed might not be comfortable there might be a lot of mosquitoes your bathroom is going to be dirty (laughs) but um but it was an amazing experience I would I wouldn't change I wouldn't change anything so yeah thank you so much for sharing yeah I talked a lot on this episode but thank you for listening to me yeah. yeah. <laughs> and listeners. <laughs> yeah, we'll put um, links to yes. Steph's teacher training yes. in the show notes. Yeah. And uh, as always, you can follow us on social media at Green Guinea Pigs. Mm-hmm. Visit our blog, guineapigandgreen.com. And we'll speak to you next week. Okay, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye.